I fouled the wrong guy and he like picked me up and slammed me into the wall like holding me up by my shirt is like a movie. <laughs> he was like looking me like dead in the eye and was telling me like, you're gonna disappear. Your whole family's gonna disappear. Like you, you came and around in the wrong hood, kid. Welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my co-host, Charlie Cavalier, and our guest today, Connor Barth. How we doing? Doing pretty good, man. We just played last night. Got the W. That's got, what matters. I saw your, your game. You were pretty nice, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people don't, don't actually know that I'm very good at basketball. Yeah. So. Well, there's a stigma with dunkers that they're not like... Yeah, that we just we can just dunk. Yeah, and that is true for some of us, but uh, for a large majority of us, we stemmed out of basketball. Right. So it just dunking became something we liked to do, and we could make some money off it. So we just transitioned into it. Yeah, that makes sense. So how did you get into dunking? Was it just playing at first, and then you just started yamming it? Oh gosh. Uh, I mean that was part of it. Obviously, I came up and I was watching like Vince Carter and like uh, with the Mavericks. There was Gerald Green when he was with the Mavericks, um, and I just became obsessed with like that part of basketball mm -hmm. i just thought it was the most impactful part of basketball uh so all through high school i was trying to dunk uh i couldn't dunk well but i could dunk and then i started you know googling you know how to do dunks how to do tricks and i ran into jordan kilgannon which shout out and then uh, just from watching him and talking to a bunch of the other like semi-pro dunkers mm -hmm. uh that led into me just becoming more and more interested mm. so yeah and then from there, you just started training and eventually got a 50-inch vertical. Yeah, I mean, so I, I basically spent... I, I was playing, like, semi-professional basketball at the time. And I had done that for about three years and didn't really want to go pro. I didn't want to go to college. Like, not my thing. Mm -hmm. And so I decided, like, I'm just going to focus on one thing right now and just, you know, everything else done. So I was like, I'm just going to be a pro dunker. I don't care what it takes. I decided that at like 23, I'm 30 now. Mm. So uh, I spent a year and a half to two years doing nothing but just like studying, training, dunking. Mm -hmm. I would literally just like wake up, go to my nine to five, and then I would just go straight to the gym and I would either jump for like multiple hours wow. and or I would just lift weights and then go home. And then I just repeat. And I did that every day for that two year span. So That's I gained insane. like 10 inches on my vert in that time jeez yeah so that's a lot that's a lot and yeah you mentioned becoming a pro dunker what does that look like is there a circuit is there a, oh, a paycheck that comes from being a pro dunker how do you monetize that mm. yeah so up until this point monetization around dunking has basically been you can get brand deals so you know build your social media get brand deals you might get sponsors get mm. paid like that uh but most people make money from it from just appearance fees so it's like you know hey come to dubai do this dunk contest, we'll pay you two grand and we'll pay your whole way. Mm. Uh, the truth is there's almost no pro dunkers that make a full living off of just dunking. Wow. There's not that much money in it currently. A lot of that has to stem with like the organization's never been put in to really like get the brand deals and get, you know, everything just organized. Mm. So that's actually something I've been working on a lot. Uh, ever since I got into dunking, it upset me that it wasn't an actual sport. And I was like, we have all the qualifications to be a sport. It yeah. takes a lot of work to be a pro dunker, and um, it's obviously very entertaining. It is. A dunk contest is, some years, is very entertaining. Some yeah, years yeah. it's not, but Chase mentioned yeah. they only get 100K when they win. 
yeah and that's an nba player yeah <laughs> so like imagine what we get <laughs> like we don't so that's yeah. nothing for them yeah what would you say the top workouts are that helped you gain 10 inches so so this is a very common question and the top workout is always going to be just jump mm. so like this is true for almost anything in life but like if you want to get better at something you have to do it a lot mm -hmm. right so jumping is the most specific thing you could do if you jump a lot and you just do it consistently one you won't get hurt as often mm. and two you will just get better eventually it becomes a point where it's like how much do i get from jumping three hours a day and can i do that every day no like as you get better you have to start jumping less because you jump so high mm. but that's when you start adding in things like weight training you know all sorts of different modalities like that right yeah so when you say jump you're literally saying just yeah. jump up and down as long as you can yeah not <laughs> quite like that although that would help but really what i mean is like just go to your gym and have a dunk session even if you can't dunk um if you can't dunk you have two choices you can either just jump at the goal which is what i did or lots of places have adjustable hoops now mm -hmm. so you would want to put the goal down to like right above where you can dunk mm. because then you know like oh when i start consistently hitting a dunk on nine foot three inches you know you got better okay put it to nine four and keep going that and then when sense. you can do it consistent there nine five and just mm. keep repeating so nice do you yeah. think it's a good idea for those trying to to dunk on a 10 foot hoop to bring the hoop down a little bit to start to get the repetitions of in grabbing the hoop hanging all the stuff like that is that the best way to start yeah i mean if you have that option i think it's definitely the best way to start and i also think too that doing that and like doing tricks with it especially if your main goal is be a pro dunker mm -hmm. the biggest challenge is not jumping high the biggest challenge is having the hand-eye coordination to do all the tricks mm. like you could jump really low and do like between the legs behind the back if you just have really good hands right um like even right now like i'm not jumping the highest i've ever jumped i could go do a behind the back dunk with like in a warm-up just because i've repped out the technique so much wow yeah that's insane behind the back jeez. yeah are you a fan of squatting and deadlifting huge fan massive fan <laughs> some people say it causes injuries and stuff it does uh i think <laughs> I think that the health and fitness industry is pretty opinionated. Mm -hmm. It's a lot like uh, politics. Mm -hmm. It becomes very extreme. There are like people that say never do these things. There are the people that say always do these things. Yeah. Um, without getting like too philosophical with it, generally that has to do with what someone found worked for them. Mm -hmm. So whatever they find works for them, that's going to be the thing they preach to everybody holistically. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's a lot more nuanced than that, but squats and deadlifts are really good for you mm -hmm. if you work up to them properly just mm -hmm. like i would never tell someone to just like go jump three hours a day every day when they've never jumped i'd be like okay go jump twice a week for 30 minutes and then next week do 35 and then mm -hmm. next week do 40 when you get to an hour do 30 minutes again but go three times a week you know it's all about this progressive adding of the stress over time right um so if you start with squatting body weight then you do 10 pounds, 20, and you do that for, you know, over a year and you just slowly work up to where you're squatting, you know, your body weight on the bar, you'll avoid all those injury issues mm. if you're using proper technique too, which there's so much information online now. You can yeah, find everything you need. That makes sense. I feel like social media did a lot for the dunking, you know, community, things going viral, things of that nature. What is the most incorrect stereotype you see 
put out amongst those trying to get hops, trying to get up higher, and trying to do more with their dunking game? Hmm. Repeat that question. <laughs> so, what is yeah. it? What what incorrect stereotype yeah. do you see put out on social media from other dunkers to those trying to learn? Mm. Like, what is something that people tell everyone trying to learn that you just think is incorrect? The most widely pushed incorrect stereotype. Yeah, mm. I think. I think going back to the previous question, the kind of the biggest stereotype I see is that everyone has to do it the exact same way. That's not really true. Like, for instance, Sean, like probably if you squatted more, like if you focused more on weightlifting and you just jumped consistently, I already think you're like pretty springy. So like adding in more strength would be something that would probably benefit you more than someone else. Right. right. Like everyone's trying to give everyone this like one template that this is exactly how you do it. Um, I think that's kind of what's wrong mm. and gets spread around a lot. It's like, this is the one thing that will make you better. It's just, it doesn't work that way. There's so many aspects to it. It's not that complicated. I think it gets overcomplicated a lot, but it's like some people are at the phase of, you just need to learn how to jump, go jump a lot. When they get through that phase, they're at the phase of, okay, you need to get stronger now. When they're through that phase, now it's like, okay, you need to get stronger, but in a very specific way, because you need these different qualities of strength. It's not just, just be strong. Now it's be strong, be strong and fast. Now be strong and slow right. and still keep jumping. Mm. Um, so it's just that this is the one thing that's the biggest stereotype there is around. Yeah. Do you think if you trained a five foot person with your training regimen, you could get them a dunk? Possibly. Mm. It, it depends. So... They would jump higher a hundred percent. Like mm. anyone who does something correctly, like they'll jump higher a hundred percent, no doubt. Uh, the big thing becomes like, can you dunk? Well, that depends less on your height and more on your reach, like mm. your standing reach. I've actually done a dunk contest in uh, Regal. Uh, it was in New Mexico or mm. New Mexico? No, Mexico City. It was a Mex. It was the first dunk contest I ever did. Mm. And there was this guy named Gedimina Zetlinskis, mm -hmm. and he was five eight. And he had a higher standing reach than me Whoa. at 6'4", right? So I have short arms as a dunker, by the way. My wingspan is like, I think it's 6'1 and a half. Oh, wow. So wow. my, yeah, that's not normal. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so if I knew their standing reach and like they needed, you know, a 40-ish inch vert to dunk, I would say that is achievable for most people. Mm. If you give like a good five years of training hard, you could get a 40 inch vert and you could dunk as long as your reach was high enough. That's impressive. Yeah. You got hope, Charlie. I got hope. I was going to say I'm about five feet, but six feet on the dot. Maybe I got hope with my bad, my bad knee. But now since I talk about standing reach, standing reach is a way better indicator of how easy it will be for you to dunk than your height is. Right. Cause that's, yeah. Again, it's like pe people just don't actually understand what goes into it. Like your standing reach is the only indicator if you're going to be able to dunk other than obviously how high do you jump? But um, hand size has a little bit to do with it, but even that is like negligible compared to standing reach. Uh, I actually want people to start just posting their standing reach instead of their height because mm. it's misleading. Yeah, like uh, I'll give it like one foot god Jordan Sutherland. Yeah, he has a pretty high standing reach compared to his height. Mm. So it's like if Jordan Sutherland and I had a dunk contest, he's at like a three inch advantage. Not to say that's the reason he'd win or not win, but that's just like the actual physical fact. Right. Like if I was dunking against Zion Williamson, him and I to have like even dunking fairness in terms of like reach, 
I'd dunk on like a nine six rim. Wow. If I was dunking on a nine six rim, like I'd be doing wild things. <laughs> so wow. when you go into a dunk contest, do you know that you're gonna make the dunks? Like you're very confident. Yeah, I mean, most dunkers have like I would call call like a repertoire mm-hmm. of like they know they'll make these dunks. Uh, a lot of the time, especially when I do contests, I actually don't care about winning that much. I just care about doing something cool. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to do dunks I've never done before in a contest. Like you were with me at Vegas when I did that behind the back off yeah, the yeah. right. Like I did that because I was just like I need to do this in front of people yeah. because no one's ever done it. People didn't even know what happened. Yeah, yeah. You did it so they fast. still don't know what happened. He went behind the back off the backboard, dunked it. Wow. Yeah, like caught it with the other hand after it bounced off the backboard and dunked it. Where was it. this? In Vegas. This was in Vegas at the Ball Dog uh, celebrity okay. game. Yeah, that's okay. where we met. He yeah, went yeah. off that game, man. Wow. Yeah, that was a fun game. It was. But like, so that dunk, literally no one knew what happened, so it didn't go viral. And then like ran, that was two and a half years ago, yeah. or like two years ago. And then randomly, like a few weeks ago, it went viral. Like, because someone finally realized, like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, like, the crowd didn't even react when you yeah. did it. They were wow. just like, huh? <laughs> yeah. You ever get in any streetball fights when you're hooping, dunking oh, on people? Gosh. Yeah, so I, I mentioned this to you yesterday yeah. at the gym. But so, when I was, like, 17, I got kicked out of my high school because bad grades, not doing my homework. You and get kicked out of high school? Yeah. For bad Yeah, grades? I was in a private school. Oh, private school. So, okay. they were just like, hey, you know, you're not a fit. See you later, kid. It, and it. I was like, whatever. <laughs> Um, so I went to this school that was like, not in the best part of town in Fort Worth, grew up in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, right down the street, there was a boys and girls club and I would like hear that guys would go play basketball there. So I went and played basketball there one day after school. And this was at like 9 PM. Cause I had to wait and they don't start playing until like nine and they have this whole like program where it's just, you know, you come in, like it's to keep people like out of gangs off the streets, like not doing hooligan sh- mm. so that they'll actually like not get in trouble basically right so i went in there and i'm like only white guy like i'm 17 when i was 17 i was like not super athletic i was super skinny and um i went in there i'm just like i just want to play and i was good at basketball i just couldn't dunk really well okay and um we're like going we're playing they like finally let me play after like multiple games i had to convince someone to let me play and uh this this guy his nickname is rambo uh he's just like jacked like probably one of the most jacked guys i've ever played with um and he fouled me when i went up for a shot on one end and i was like talking to him you know because i'm smart like that and then we went to the other end and i absolutely just like fouled the out of him because i was like i don't like people like disrespecting me in basketball like it just there's no reason for it so anyway i fouled the wrong guy and he like picked me up and slammed me into the wall like holding me up by my shirt it was like a movie (laughs) and um he was like looking me like dead in the eye and was telling me like you know like you're gonna disappear your whole family's gonna disappear like you you came and around in the wrong hood kid and i just like looked and i was like okay (laughs) like i didn't know what was going on (laughs) like i'd never been in that situation before like i didn't know how to act but the funny thing was he kind of respected it because i just like didn't care at all i was so nonchalant and uh, I ended up playing at that gym. And that's actually kind of where I started trying to do trick dunks and stuff is like with those guys. Yeah. Uh, and me and that guy became friends. We actually still talk when I go back to Fort Worth wow. now. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. So I would have been <laughs> myself, bro. Yeah, that'd be an interesting experience. <laughs> it was a blast. I learned a lot from that group, actually, just about life, too. Yeah. yeah. You were the only white kid. Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. So growing up in Fort Worth, obviously, you know, Texas is a football state first and foremost. I'm yep. sure you remember that often. <laughs> what is so. it what is it like having a love of a different sport in a place that is so ingratiated into football? Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Texas, football's a religion. Yeah. Like it's actually like an obsessive thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Um it was annoying a little bit, especially like when it was basketball. Basketball is still pretty popular. Like, actually, so my school played against Julius Randle in state every year. Wow. Yeah, we lost, like, three times by one point. Um, yeah, Prestonwood, man. You played him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was it like guarding him? Uh, scary. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he he was as big as he is now then. So he was just like, oh, go past you, dunk on everyone. Wow. But, so, yeah, it was nuts. They're, they're actually, that team had a three number one recruits of their class. It was Mickey Mitchell, uh, uh, Randall, and then it was uh, Zach Peters. Wow. He ended up going to Kansas, and then he quit because he got a concussion. He quit basketball for the rest of his life. Wow. Yeah. But um, and Was that a private school? Yeah, private school. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they would just, like, recruit people from across the country. Yeah. But, um, so original question, back to it. What was that? Dealing with loving basketball. Yeah, yeah. Up in a football state. Yeah. So football is like actually religion. Like our our f- basketball team would always have less funding. Like most of the football kids would, some of them would play basketball, but like football and basketball season overlap. So like mm. we'd only have half our team for the first half of the season. Wow. It was pretty annoying. But um, truthfully, like sports are so big there that it ended up not really mattering. Right. Like you could still do everything you wanted to do, mm. but um, it's just like those slight biases of the schools and stuff. Of like, oh well, football makes us a lot of money, so we're gonna focus on that more. Did yeah. people even go to the basketball games to watch? Eh, not like the football games. But. The football games would be like packed out entire stadium. The basketball games would be like, yeah, you have some crowds. Like when it got to state, people would come, but like the normal games and stuff, it'd be like, ah, oh, your parents and stuff are there, but yeah. you're not having like a crazy crowd. Yeah, that's how it was in Jersey. Nothing crazy. Yeah um so you own a gym i want to dive into that how did you get involved with that yeah well i mean so originally i moved from texas to florida to work with knees over toes guy ben patrick Mm -hmm. and uh i worked there for like two years ended up leaving there Mm -hmm. Uh, we never did like like brick and mortar like locations or anything like that um after that i worked with some other people here and there mostly online training because that's what we specialized in uh just had tons of thoughts about wanting to do stuff in person with people like especially personal training just because there's a lot of people who want to jump higher Mm -hmm. and i've got the time um so i ended up working with a friend of mine his name is ben gilbert like nine months ago and you know came like gave up my business and i was basically like i'm gonna give up my business and come and join you so that we can like help each other you know use our strengths to grow faster Mm. um and we did that for the last six months and it's worked out really well uh but during all that time, I basically convinced him. I was like, you know, I'm going to help you grow this big. I just need someone to help me manage things. So, like, stick with me. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. But you're going to have to give half. And I was like, I already gave up my company. So, you're gonna, we're going to have to have an agreement here. Mm-hmm. So, we did that. Like, we just went all in together. And then, uh, actually, last week, I was telling you this. We had some other people sign on. Our gym name's about to change. Our gym name was Adrenaline Fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about to change to probably Evolve Fitness Group. Mm. Um, It's interesting that we went to that lifetime. We want to do something very similar. We want to basically create like high-performance athletic facilities like all over the country. Mm. Um, 
and there's a lot of like specific training like structures that we want to implement that don't really get implemented at normal gyms like what? um well it's 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 about like the order you do things like i was talking about before right everyone's at a specific point mm-hmm. and lots of people will just go into gyms and all be treated exactly the same which doesn't work is mm-hmm. effectively it works but it's not the best right like we basically want to try and solve fitness like this is a belief i hold more so than anyone else at my gym mm-hmm. but like i believe fitness is a solvable equation i think almost everything in life is like objectively solvable um and so i want to create a gym where we can actually do that mm. and like just when it's solved it's solved and then someone comes in and you just have them do the test you put them where they are and the results are only a matter of time and doing it interesting it's not like a subjective thing anymore right so it's kind of like a leveling system yeah almost yeah we've we've described it as like belts in karate karate yeah, yeah it's like when you are this level you will have these qualities yeah like it doesn't mean that someone who is like at the same level will like all of them will have 30 inch verts or something but it might be like when you reach this level you should have had some percentage gain where you were at that level Mm. you know that makes sense yeah we're seeing a lot of high flyers like john moran get injured you know more often than maybe even ever before what are some unique things that dunkers can do to protect themselves other than just you know landing on two feet yeah so i'm a big one would be this is a shout out to john evans just so i give him credit but like isometrics um that was something i implemented into my routine and if you don't know what an isometric is like uh when you pick something up the bringing it up portion would be called a concentric it's when your muscle gets shorter uh when you lower it back down that's eccentric it's when your muscle gets longer and then if you hold it still that's an isometric your muscle Mm. is contracting but it does not get shorter or longer Mm. so you can do those a lot. Those are really, really good for your connective tissue mm-hmm. just because you're putting a lot of force into them. Your connective tissue wants force on it. You just need to do it the right way. Hmm. So um, a lot of these like really athletic guys like Zion and Jaw and things like that, they get hurt because they're putting such huge forces into their body so frequently that they're just not prepared for it. And I would hazard a bet that like a lot of these guys are doing preparatory things in the weight room but it's really hard to account for every possibility in a basketball game because it's so random yeah. that like the only thing you can really do is like prep the best you can. Again, I think that there is an objective answer to this eventually. I don't have it right now, yeah. but I think that there is like, you could figure out all the movements someone go through. You could test someone and figure out like what their weakness is. And if you know that, you know, the injuries that can stem from that and you would just, bring that up mm. like there's always a chance for injury but you just minimize it as much as possible yep. those isometrics are a big part and then just the basics of like progressive overload and load management are super important i actually think i heard an interesting take from it might have been kendrick perkins who said <laughs> that like <laughs> yeah i think he said something about like he actually thinks part of the problem is that people are doing load management now mm. because the the problem is not always the load you're at it's the these peaks of the load so like if you like when i was dunking three hours a day when i was at like a certain level of jumping i could do that and i could just do that forever if i didn't get better the thing that would hurt me is if like now right like i said i hadn't trained as consistently or dunked as consistently while working on this business if i go jump a ton 
my body can handle small amounts of that large force, but not, you know, consistently. Mm. So it's, it's about like keeping it smooth, doing these load management things and like having players not put the forces on themselves as frequently, I think detrains them a bit Mm. and then ends up leading to more peaks and valleys of like stress on themselves if they're outside of the gym actually training hard and like practicing hard and stuff it smooths it out so like there's a dual-edged sword there where it's like part of it is if you have a really really high intensity that you do consistently you might like not have everyone be able to sustain that but the people who can will stay healthier because it's not doing this yeah, I yeah. think there's a balance. Exactly. And and again, everyone's going to be a little different. Yeah. But I think that uh, it's an interesting topic for sure. No, yeah. it's very interesting because it, it becomes a what-if conversation. What if Kawhi Leonard hasn't been getting injured all these years? Yeah. yeah. He could have two, three more rings. Yeah. Like what if Zion, Zion. could actually play? Chris well, Paul. Yeah. All these people. Like, Chris Paul, the one that really bothers me because I just want him to stay healthy for one playoff. <laughs> one playoffs, you know, stretch. It'd be yeah. nice to see. I the think Suns he wants looking that. good without him. But I don't know if they'll beat the. Uh... It's gonna be interesting. Do you have an age that you want to dunk at? Like, do you want to be able to dunk when you're 50, when you're 60? Each of That's you guys. Yeah, I do actually. What's the age? Oh, I want to be able to dunk at 60. Ooh. That's actually the age I had picked That's before. Interesting. What's the world record age? Like oldest dunker. I think the oldest dunker I've ever seen was uh dr j dunked at like 64 okay. i believe he had this whole thing where every year on his birthday he would like dunk and film it mm. so it's a good tradition yeah so i think i'll start doing something like that actually yeah but the thing i wanted to do different was i want to be able to dunk at 60 but what i really want to be able to do is do a double up at 50 mm. so a double up is when you like jump over someone and take the ball out of their hand and dunk backwards wow and yeah. i sp- this this exists because there was a guy in my comments who said something to me that annoyed me. So now I'm like, I think I said like in a caption, oh, I'm going to be doing this at 50 because it's so easy right now. Yeah. And he's like, it'll never happen. And I screenshotted it and I was like, bet. So <laughs> that's sick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kador's dunking barefoot at 47. Exactly. Yeah. And Kador's also shorter than me. And like, yeah. so I, I definitely think it's possible. Oh, yeah. Connor. It's just not stopping. You just have to stay consistent. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, man. Any closing comments, things you're trying to promote? Uh, Yeah, man. If you want to jump higher, go to AdrenalineFitnessGym.com. And if it's not that, by the time this comes out, then just go to my Instagram page and go to the <laughs> link in my bio. Awesome. But um, yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Digital Social Hour. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'll see you next week.